Early on Sunday morning, the first day of the week after Passover, in, as I understand it, A.D. 30, the Jesus had died on a cross and had laid in a tomb for two or three days, depending on how you count days, Jewish style or Gentile style. He, Jesus rose from the dead. That is one of the most fundamental facts in all human history and the cornerstone, one of the cornerstones of Christian faith. There's more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus than there is for most things that people regard as proven history, including a lot of other events in those times, the early Roman Empire. More evidence of Jesus than some of the things people take for granted. The tomb in which the body of Jesus had been placed was closed with a large stone rolled across the entrance. Even then, the Jerusalem authorities insisted on guards being posted because they knew that Jesus had said he would rise again on the third day. And they supposed that his disciples would steal the body and claim that he'd done it. So guards were posted, and the Romans even set a seal across the tomb, which kind of implied, don't break this wax seal or or, or interfere with this on pain of death. But early, before sunrise, on the Sunday, of course in, in Jewish fashion you count a day from sunset to sunset, not from us from midnight or... Some cultures from dawn, it's from sunset to sunset. So during that night, sometime before dawn, on the first day of the week, Sunday, there was, to put these things into kind of chronological order, a severe earthquake. And an angel from the Lord descended from heaven, rolled away the stone, and sat on it. I like that, sat on it, don't you? The guards shook, fainted, and when they came around, they didn't stay around, they ran. Before the sun had fully risen, women came with spices to treat the body of Jesus. How they thought they were going to get into a guarded seal tomb, I don't know. But they came there, they saw the stone rolled away, and they found the tomb empty. The body of Jesus had gone. No one took him from the tomb, and no one let him out of the tomb. When the angels rolled the stone away, Jesus was no longer there. He was alive. Jesus is alive. <clears throat> and having risen to life, he showed himself early on that Sunday morning to Mary Magdalene, then to the other women near from, nearby the tomb, and then later during that morning or early afternoon sometime to Peter. Others that early part of the day saw the empty tomb. They came and saw it, but they didn't see Jesus himself. And during that day, Mary and the other women and Peter were all telling the disciples who were shut away in in, in a safe environment, you know, hiding from the Jewish authority, Jerusalem authorities, telling one, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. Buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. But the same afternoon, one couple, we think it was a couple, a husband and wife, were traveling from Jerusalem down to Demas because they were disappointed and brokenhearted that Messiah had been killed. And Jesus, unknown to them, they didn't know it was him, drew alongside them, walked with them, and taught them from the scriptures about the death and resurrection of the Messiah. And when they were getting towards where they were going to, they invited him in to eat with them. And he sat with them in there, and they asked him to take the bread and to give thanks for the bread to begin the meal. And when Jesus lifted the bread and broke it and began to pray, suddenly he'd gone. And they realized they'd spent all of those hours with Jesus. <clears throat> so they rushed back to Jerusalem to tell the others. And then that evening... Perhaps, this is by imagination here, but even perhaps while that couple were telling their story, Jesus suddenly appears in the room. It's a locked room. He appears in the room and speaks to them all. But G- Thomas wasn't there. 
And he said, unless I see myself, I will not believe. Well, another week later, another Sunday, Jesus appears to all the disciples, including Thomas. And in that meeting, he tells them to go north to Galilee. And then a week later, again, seven days later, another Sunday, he appeared to them there as they were fishing by the lakeside. And then again, another week later, on a hillside, and we think that that's where there were more than 500 disciples gathered. It's a bit like the kind of Sermon on the Mount all over again. Jesus appears amongst them on a hillside. And one part of that appearance was he gave them the great commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He then sent them back to Jerusalem and was seen there again by his disciples. And whether in Galilee or in Jerusalem, he was seen by his brothers, the natural sons of Mary and Joseph, who then believed in him because they hadn't before. And I do not doubt for one moment that one of the disciples who saw Jesus alive from the dead and at least one of those occasions was Mary, his mother. Finally, 40 days after his resurrection, he led his disciples out of Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives, and whilst blessing them, and I imagine his hands lifted in blessing over them, he was lifted up into the sky, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now that is a lot of witnesses. Men and women, notice. In fact, the women were first. Believers and unbelievers who then became believers. Most, if not all, of his appearances were on Sundays in those 40 days. So here we are on Easter Sunday, almost 2,000 years later, and yes, I do expect there'll be some interest in 2030 when we get there, because it'll be pretty much exactly 2,000 years since Jesus rose again. So watch out for some people getting a bit silly and a bit crazy around that time. We're celebrating our risen Lord, our King and Saviour. The Son of God is risen. He is alive. He has life in himself. And he has life to give. He's the life-giving Lord. Let me put that into very short sentences. Jesus is alive. Jesus is life. Life comes from him. He's our creator. Life comes from Jesus. We are, without him, we are lost creatures needing to be reconnected to our creator. We're lost children, as Luke Colin was saying from Luke 13 last week. Lost children who need to be restored to their father. Lost sheep who need to be found and brought back by their shepherd. The Bible clearly tells us that without Jesus, we're not truly alive. We're dead, blind, and deaf towards God. Let me repeat something I said a couple of weeks ago, standing here. We are crooked people who cannot stand straight. Crippled people who can't walk straight, blinded people who can't see straight, and deceived people who can't think straight. Those are all Bible analogies of our condition outside of faith in Jesus. But to us, in that condition, God offered his Son as the life-giving Lord. And he gave him to us by giving him up to the cross, where he gave his life in our place. So there are people today knowing and following Jesus just as did his first disciples, living in the love of God through Jesus the Son, experiencing his presence through the Holy Spirit, being led and equipped by the Spirit to live lives which run against the flow of the world of fallen humanity and seek to honor and serve the living God. So those people, Christians, those who know Jesus by faith, are no longer lost, but they're found. They're no longer orphans, but adopted as children of God. They're no longer blind, but they're seeing. They're no longer deaf, but hearing. They're no longer deceived, but understanding. Life from Jesus is the beginning. 
Because then we have life in and with Jesus. Because Jesus is alive and is present with us through the Holy Spirit, he may be known, experienced, heard, followed, obeyed. We do not just have the words of some great teacher. We do not just have the example of some great man and master. We have a living Christ, a living Lord Jesus. So a Christian doesn't live the same life as everyone else with a bit of Christianity and religion tucked into a corner, maybe an hour on Sunday. Jesus is our life. His presence gives us life. His words give us life. He's the reason and purpose for our lives. There is life to come with Jesus. Some people think Christianity is only about pie in the sky by and by. You know, future inheritance, kingdom come. Well, it it includes that, but that's not where it starts, and there's a process getting there too. Because he lives, we live in and with him now, and the outcome is we live with him forever. Because he rose, we shall rise. Whether alive or dead at his coming, we will be raised and changed to become as he is. Not becoming God or just spirits, but becoming what Jesus is, an immortal, supernatural human being. In the way, the way that Jesus, the risen Lord, is. The day will come when the dust of the earth and the waters of the seas will give up the bodies of all who have believed and lived and died in Christ to resurrection and immortality. The living believers on that day too will be changed and renewed. And the promise of Jesus is that wherever he is, we will be with him forever. So when a Christian now dies and we bury their body or cremate it, they are with the Lord, Jesus, until he returns. And whether you die before Jesus comes or you're alive when he comes, doesn't make any difference in the long run. Because we must all be made immortal. We must all receive glorified, supernatural human bodies. Eternal life starts now in and through Jesus. Let me read these scriptures to you. 1 John 5, verse 11. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. It's not separate from him. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Notice that continue to believe. Believing is not a one-off done chance. That's it. Tick, gone. Put it away. Pick it up later. Believing in Jesus is a daily, hourly, by the second, by the minute pursuit. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, Jesus. He who has, who knows this risen Son of God, has life, has eternal life, has the life of God in them. But he who does not have Jesus does not have life. We're not truly alive. Without him. And the Bible was written under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, that we might be taught and led to know and follow Jesus so that we may know this eternal life. So, this is not just a promise of the future, it starts now. 
The one who believes in Jesus, Son of God, risen from the dead, has eternal life now. The life of Christ is in them. The life of God is in them. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell in them and with them. God lives in them and they are alive to him and in him. When I say to him, I mean we see things we wouldn't have seen before. We hear things we wouldn't have heard before. We understand things we wouldn't have understood before because we have been made alive. The Bible word is regenerated. Yet we continue as Christians to live with the impact and effect of being fallen people in a corrupted world. So we are constantly having to make choices based upon faith in Jesus. To seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We have a life to live now. Not just a a ticket to heaven. We have a life of faith to live now. And we live by faith in the Son of God. Eternal life is not just life to come. I thank God for that. But it starts now. Living in and with and for Jesus. God has given us eternal life. This life is in His Son. He who knows, believes in the Son of God has this life. He who does not have Jesus does not have life. When I was writing this just not many hours ago, the phrase came to my mind, the world is not enough. It's the title of a Bond movie, isn't it, from the 90s, the world is not enough. This weekend, someone won £122 million on the lottery. Do you envy them? No, nor do I. You see, to have all that the world could possibly give you and not have Jesus, to be a lost creature and a lost child without God and without hope is a really very bad deal. Here's how Jesus put it. I've combined two versions in Matthew and or Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Is himself destroyed or lost? You gain everything, which you're going to lose anyway, and you lose what really mattered, real life. The opportunity for real life. Life in God through Jesus. So the world is not enough. Jesus is alive, and Jesus is life. Are you alive in him? Are you living now with him and for him? Do you have hope of life to come with him? Actually, you don't need to make that your aim. You've just gone on living the life of faith in Jesus and obedience to him, and that, that's, that's, that's promised to us. He, those who live for him now and in him now, will, he will bring to his eternal kingdom. That's his promise. Today would be a very good day to come to him. And I'm talking to people out there in internet land as well. Today would be a very good day to come to him and to ask him to give you life. It's the simplest thing to invite Jesus to come and become your saviour, your lord, your king. But it takes humility. And humility is not something that's a working part of fallen human nature. Let's put it that way. Here it is in the scripture. I'm going to read it a bit longer than you've got up on the screen there. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above, who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. What does it say? This word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It goes on further down. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Whoever believes that God raised Jesus from the dead and confesses Jesus as Lord, interpret that as king. We don't have many active kings in the modern world, but this, this Jesus is a real king. Has eternal life. They will be saved. The living Christ will give them life and become their life. Because perhaps you're more convinced than you were before this morning that God raised Jesus from the dead. Good. Are you convinced enough to humble your heart to him and name him as your Lord, your King? Call on him. Pray to him. Tell him. Ask him. Tell him that your life now belongs to him. That you want new life through believing in him and following him. Then... When you've prayed that prayer, please go and tell someone else what you've prayed. You say, why do that? Because it says you confess with your mouth. Confessing your trust and dependence upon Jesus to others is an important step in this new life of faith. May this Easter Sunday, 2021, despite all the restrictions we continue to be under, be the day that will mark the rest of your life as the day that a new life began for you. Trusting in the Son of God and being alive in Him. Jesus is alive and Jesus is our life. The life I now live, says Paul, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Is that your profession? Does that summarize where you are today? Let's bow for a moment and pray. And then we're going, after that, we'll take communion as well Father we thank you that you raised your son from the dead we thank you you gave many evidences of that many witnesses attest to seeing him touching him sitting eating with him (laughs) walking with him you're very really alive Jesus we thank you but because you are alive you are now an immortal Messiah You can be known. We can know you, hear you and follow you, be led by you through the Spirit. So we come again today to give ourselves over to you. We are yours, Lord, bought by your blood, given life by your resurrection. We thank you and praise you. Just take a moment. If that wasn't your prayer, make it your prayer right now. Give yourself into the hands of Jesus, the Master, the King. And confess him as Lord. Say, as quietly as you like, but say it. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he is king. Amen. May God, Lord, hear your prayers.